I know I am so goofy. So I want to change up the narrative this week. We as black people have been going through it through some things you know what i'm saying with the protesting police brutality covid19 is still hanging around just so much stuff i can go on and on and on about the troubles here in america so i hope this week episode can help a little bit and get some things off your chest and off your mind I'd... Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. This is our second time recording this episode. Like I told you guys before, I'm new to this as a solo podcaster, so it will be some technical difficulties, and I'm learning the ins and the outs of recording and how sometimes recording can be good. Like sometimes I can do it one and done, and sometimes it has to be done two times. Yeah, and that's how that's how it is. I think with any you know any business, you have to. Sometimes do some retakes if you're doing movies or shots, photography or anything. So, absolutely. So, welcome to Chronicles of Divine Ooh. Destiny. Ooh. Yay! <laughs> so, um, first of all, we're gonna check in. I know it's a pandemic and we're all quarantining, but um, but we do live in different households. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the check in is a little bit different. So, um, so how have your week been going so far? during a quarantine um this week has been pretty good i mean now i um telework two days a week and i'm in the office three days a week so um it's nice to be home and be able to just kind of chill a little bit and then with the job that i do it's not like every hour i have to be doing stuff so i'll be like just chilling napping watching the news you know eating lunch (laughs) working out you know and then wait until like my turn to you know, do whatever, check emails, do trainings here, there. Um, but just trying to just, it's taking it easy, taking it easy as much as I can. Okay. So and when you have to go into office, what are some restrictions that you have to take? Do you have to wear gloves, face masks? Um, like what do y'all have to do? So mostly like face masks, like we're not seeing as much people in the clinic, but if there are people, they have to wait out in their cars until we go out and get them and then wear face masks. And then we, because we usually see people in our office, which is usually closer, but now we're seeing them in like conference rooms to give a little bit more space. Oh, um, the social distancing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit more mm. of like how we're doing that. Yeah. And then even if people who want it, like as long as somebody has access to like internet and stuff like that, we try to encourage them more to do things via telehealth. So even if we're in the office, I can still do stuff over the phone or over like the video chat. But if they are eager and or like just don't have the means and there's something going on, we need to have a face to face, then we'll just do a face to face. Okay, but y'all protected with face masks yeah. and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, um, Antasia is one of the essential workers. You don't have to tell where you mm-hmm. work, but if you want to give a job description of what you actually do and why um, you're needed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a licensed, licensed clinical social worker, graduated from Howard University. Woo-hoo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, I work at a community health agency where I'm an emergency service therapist. So that's pretty much um, doing assessments on individuals that need um, a, a, a higher level of care. So sometimes we'll just assess and realize that people just need maybe to talk and, and connect them to like outpatient treatment or coordinate. Sometimes people just need to talk because their therapist uh-huh. is out, you know, or the, the biggest thing is, you know, when people are in a distress and crisis, we assess and we can court order people to inpatient treatment. Um, if they don't want to go seek treatment or if they're a danger to themselves, others, or not taking care of themselves. So if they're like psychotic or so severely depressed that they're not like seeking treatment and not caring for themselves, you know, things of that nature. Oh, yes. all right. Yeah. So, yeah. And now, you know, we're needed, I guess, to make sure if people still, you know, access care. During yeah, because we don't need the crazies <laughs> out and about and not have somebody talk Lord, to them. Not crazies, but you know, people who are struggling. <laughs> okay, those are who are struggling. Yeah. I'm going to be politically correct. <laughs> oh, 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, just let um our audience know how you came to know me, how we became friends. Friends. Just give a little background, the good and the bad, yeah. because they already know that it's a challenge to be my oh, friend. Oh, goodness. I think everybody <laughs> has their challenging qualities. If it's, you're not the only one. But uh, like I said, I, I went to Howard University. And so, you know, I met, you know, individuals through being there. And one of the young ladies I met through the church um, that I used to attend, you know, was friends with, with Destin and they became roommates. And I would go over there all the time and hang out and stuff like that. So from there, me and Destiny became friends and started talking, hanging out. And then she was also helping with another friend's wedding. And so we all just kind of meshed and blended really well. So just kind of stuck ever since. Oh yes, and I remember when I graduated, yes girl, I was struggling, couldn't find a job. <laughs> <laughs> I remember now, you couldn't find a job. Destiny <laughs> was doing her thing as an office manager, holding it down. And brought me on, and it was such a blessing. So thank you again for that, because girl, I need. I that. mean, it, the work, the workplace was toxic, but it was an income. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you made it good. You made it. You made it a good place. You made it a good place, girl. And, and I, I mean, you know, it's good to hear that because I hated. I, I mean, I, I loved the place from the beginning, but I ended up hating it. But go ahead. No, see, <laughs> I've seen you know some toxic places, and you know. There's worse. <laughs> or from oh, my yeah. from my perspective, I, I mean, I didn't know everybody as intimately as you knew them. But um, but I'll say as the time went on, after you left, it got really bad. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it got worse. Mm-hmm. That's why I ended up having like a breakdown and uh, end up quitting. And, oh, Lord. You know. Yeah. It's tough being in um difficult work environments because it's, you know, especially like if you're, like, you know, in that business, it was something fun and exciting to do and Right, and it should have been. Yeah, it actually should have been. And it's like, I think probably what would have worked better for us if we would had less time. Um, if I felt like we were micromanaged a lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though we did have a lot of leeway, but it was like you had to make a phone call to get com- confirmation on this, confirmation yeah. on that, confirm. You know, and it was like uh, I remember they were, they were mad about trying to give me gas. <laughs> Cause like of course traveling. Girl, that's why I was like, let me make this um cash thing. You go over to the gas station <laughs> to get your ten dollar gas. Like yeah, I mean y'all, that's what you told us when we started that you were going to reimburse us. Gas. Yes, if we're driving all around town, Lord have mercy. Right in our car, not the the company car in our right, car. Right, right, girl. So you know that's a whole never right. story. <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to go in yeah. on that. But I think like through through that I got to know you a lot more because we hang out we hung out a little bit more. Like sometimes you would like we would ride to work together, you know. So we, we really got a chance to really get to, to know each other and share, you know, share life in that moment. So that was that was cool. Oh, you're so nice, yeah. Antasia. But <laughs> everybody wasn't nice. <laughs> no, no but I'm just saying like I think during that time I saw so much of I mean and again I don't and I guess I just don't have different interactions with you than other people do. But like, I saw so much of your wonderful strengths in that moment, like how you, you know, like pretty much you, you don't have this business background, but you were able to, you know what I'm saying, create such a great foundation, you know, for them that I'm just like, this is amazing that you, you created this on your own. And even this business and the logo that you have and all of that, like, that's amazing. So, you know, pat yourself on the back. Give yourself credit. Thank you, girl. <laughs> that this logo been a was struggle. Gone. I didn't even... Oh, thank you. Like, I'm literally so let me let's get to this logo. So, yes, I'm putting you out there talking about my brother. Mm-hmm. I've been asking him for months because he did such a really good job when he did this solo podcast. I'm like, oh, you did a good job. Do you mind making me a logo? He was like, Yeah. So of course, no one was expecting the COVID-19 right, right. or this pandemic to happen. So you kind of get lazy and stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I initially was going to launch my podcast for my birthday this mm-hmm. year. Because I'm like, okay, this is a gift. You know, I have enough time to record. I can have enough content. I can learn how to do stuff. And by the time my birthday comes, I should be good. Right. But the pandemic happened and I'm like, it's really nothing to do. And then I was encouraged. Shout out to John, John, uh, from the John Effect um, podcast, one of my booze. He encouraged me. He's like, hey, like, why not start now? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to start <laughs> so, now. Now that we're home and don't have ads. Right. It's so much, <laughs> like, literally, so much time. So, 
so to say this, you know, he does the the uh, the what is it logo mm-hmm. for me, and girl, it looked like he just brushed and did anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, mind you, my brother is an artist. Like anybody that knows him, he draws, he makes oh, up stuff. Like that. he's dope. Like he's really good. I have to share some stuff with you. So, like he's an okay. artist. So I'm like, um, this is like, no, I'm not feeling that. So I go. <laughs> Do you have to pay him so for I, it? No, I'm not. Girl, I wish I would pay him for something. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I ain't gonna say that. Maybe in a in in the future when I'm more financially able to pay him for something, but maybe he probably would have did better than what he did. So he was like, "Hey, this is the app that I use." So he gave me the Pick Art app. Okay. And this this um picture was kind of like tr- it was trending. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I just put my little tweak into whatever. Of course, some people like it, some people don't. And I understand that. But, um, I mean, it's not permanent. It's a start. Yeah. And once I get something that I really love, then I will, you know, change yeah. it. But right now, I mean, people are feeling yeah, it. Look good. And I ask because... It is what it is yeah, right I now. I ask because <laughs> with, with the nonprofit that I'm doing... I, um, I got somebody to do a logo and it, it just came out a lot more plainer than I thought. And I still ended up you know, having to pay him since I like commissioned it from him. But I was like, oh, but this is kind of plain though. <laughs> like, can we? Oh, I'm going to have to link you up with somebody okay. that does really good work. Um, he goes to my church. He's been doing like our t-shirts and flyers and yeah. stuff. He's really dope. Okay. I will link yes, you up with him. Yes. So see what y'all can work out. Because there ain't nothing like a logo because that kind of like brings people like Yes. So it's like something to pop. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the reason for this podcast, um, this episode today is because me and Tasia um, share. Um, it's still, sorry, it's, it's still um, having the feedback a little bit. So I hope, I'm hoping. Oh, no, you, well, you sound good. On okay. Hand. But we share um, struggles with our parents growing up. Um, I'm in a place now that my relationship with my parents is a whole lot better <laughs> but I know you know just some from some of the conversations that we had that you know sometimes your relationship with your parents can be struggling well especially your mom and if you want to just elaborate a little bit about you know your relationship with your mom you don't have to go into full details but just you know some struggles you have and some things that you wish would be you know different and things that that you could work on to make the relationship okay. better. Um, well, for me, like my mom is, is from Jamaica and my dad, you know, is, is from America. So I think that mm-hmm. cultural difference as well um, is an impact. With my mom, like she, you know, has eight kids, took into, you know, moved to America, like essentially like, you know, by herself and worked hard and brought everybody, you know, up to America, as much people as possible, you know, up to America to have a better life, you know? Um, uh-huh. as she, you know, had children, you know, and I said to say, I feel like as she had children, I feel like, you know, my mom just showed love in a way where I, I just needed like a little bit of the emotional and supportive part, not just like, oh, I'm here providing, you know, it's like, I need so much right. love, you know, <laughs> I need so much support. <laughs> and then I think too, like with, with my, my mom has mentioned in the past to me, I don't know if she remembers, but you know, she felt because I'm American, I'm okay. And I think with that, some of it, some of that maybe endorsed her feeling of like, oh, well, Tasia doesn't need as much because she can access as much as she wants because she has, you know, all the privileges of being, you know, a born American versus like, you know, there were times where she, you know, took in other people from Jamaica because they were struggling. And I think she saw their struggle a little bit deeper than mine. And not that I was struggling per se, but I feel like sometimes, for lack of a better word, she would like neglect my needs because you know, to her, like, I'm American. I'll be all right. You know, right. and I think at the end of the day, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, I still, you know, need support. I still need somebody to come out. I still need people to, you know, be there for me. And then I think her having all, you know, eight, eight children, you know, wears thin on someone after a while. Um, so I, I feel like for us, you know, just her presence emotionally in my life, her presence to support me. You know, I, I, I did very well throughout school. And, but in like, I feel like in the Jamaican culture, it's almost like, okay, that's what you need. That's what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> you know? Not like, oh, great, congratulations. You know, so sometimes uh-huh. you know, being there and being present and, and celebratory of me. And then when I did, you know, achieve and start getting ahead, you know, 
and the support and help her. And not that I didn't want to, but I feel like, you know, as I was growing, I was still trying to help myself and figure things out. And I, and I think with uh-huh. those finances, that became another strain in our relationship because in her, I guess in her mind, she felt, you know, I should have been giving more and helping her. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I, this is like school money. And I, you know, I don't really have the means. And so that caused some rift in our relationship where she felt I was being more selfish. And I felt more of like, I'm trying to get through school <laughs> and pay rent and pay for books and pay for groceries, you know, and things of that nature. So I, I think sometimes just the culture difference caused some some of the misunderstandings, I'm going to say. Is that a nice word? Uh-huh. That we've, that we've had. <laughs> and um, I think too, like a couple of years ago when, when she finally was like, let's talk, what's going on, you know? And I was sharing with her from my perspective. And I, I guess in my mind, I, I, I don't want to beat my mom down or um, I don't want her to beg and apologize to me. I, I just really want just her to acknowledge how some of her actions like impacted me or might have in- impacted uh-huh. me. And even in that, that day when we were talking, it was almost invalidating my rule. Well, that didn't happen, you know, and what are you talking about? <laughs> it's just like, okay. Right. You know, I understand sometimes parents do things because they feel they have to at the time. But if I say, hey, you know, well, that kind of hurts me. Even it'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that hurt you. And that wasn't my intention. Or, wow, you know, I was focused on this and didn't see how that hurt you. But it, it, I think that's hard for her to see. or, um, And it's hard for her to kind of own her own stuff, you know? So, yeah. So, so I can relate to that in a, in a lot of ways because um, even though it's not cultural differences, it's um, the way my mm-hmm. mother was brought up. She was brought up in a household, not in a household, but just her relationship where her mother was not mm-hmm. very nurturing and very loving because she wasn't raised by her mother. She was raised mm-hmm. by her grandmother. So all she knew was when it comes to kids, like you just mm-hmm. provide for your kids. Long as you have a roof over your head, you have food, clothes on your back, like yeah. that's all you need. And, you know, and like you said, I was, I'm one of those child that words of affirmation mm-hmm. is my love language. And that's my, my next question after this. It's like, you know, how I'm shown love is not mm-hmm. material things, not stuff that you do. You have yeah. to tell me that you love me. You have to express that certain things to me. And you know, when I would try to express that to her, she was like, "Well, I don't mm-hmm. want to." That's what white it's people like, do. No. That's what white people do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, that's what a mother yeah. is supposed to do. You know, you know, when you're young, you don't think that. You just think, well, like my mom don't love me, and you know, she did, but she just was only doing what she yeah. knew how to do. And I can say now at the age of 40 that our relationship is like really great. Like we Mm -hmm. talk every day. I feel more comfortable sharing things with her and it's been a rocky road. Like it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. No. You know, I I recall the first time my mother ever told me she loved me, which I really, really needed to hear it. I was like 25, 26 years old. I was in a really bad relationship going through a really Mm -hmm. bad breakup. And I just needed that mother touch at the time because I was about to do something that was going to possibly have me arrested for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like what was going through my mind, like the enemy was like trying to destroy me. But God came in and he used my mom and it was like she just knew like a mother into what she just knew something was not right. And she just stepped in right on time. And then from there, we just been Mm -hmm. building on our relationship. And I will say, you know once we got to a place where I understood her because I had to understand that she didn't know how to love me because she wasn't Mm -hmm. brought up in a a situation that she was Mm -hmm. taught how to love and how to be a mother to her kids so you know I had to understand her upbringing as well as my grandmother upbringing like it was it was becoming a pattern and I was like Mm -hmm. oh no Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this going to stop with me like when I have kids like this is going to stop with me so I'm just happy that I'm in a place where I can prepare we're preparing mm-hmm. our relationship and we're just in yeah. a good place yeah. so that brings me to the next question that I have for you like do you think learning your child's love language is important and does it, is that is that good as far as parenting skills that it make your parenting skills better learning your child's love absolutely language? but and, and, I, and I love what you say I feel like a, a very evolved progressive person is able to consider 
<laughs> love language, right? And consider, <laughs> oh, the needs of my child beyond those basic needs. And as we're talking, it makes me think, I'll just put in some of my mental health plugs here. So one of the charts that, you know, we <laughs> use is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of need, I think it is. And it just talks about, you know, like the first need that we need is our biological, like day-to-day basic needs. And if we can't, you know, get that need done, we can't go to that next stage. I think the next stage might be like love and belonging or something. Um, I have to look it up. But this made me think of like, you know, when parents are in this survival mode or place where get to that next step and then the the, the very very tip is self like actualization and getting to that place where you're fully evolved and who you are and you know fully mature and people can't get there if they're if they're stuck at that how i'm gonna eat you know how how am i gonna pay the bills and just as we're talking you know it, it is still hard to accept because i feel like my needs still matter but when a parent is stuck at <laughs> one level, you know, and they can't give you all those things or consider your love language or consider what you need beyond the basics. Like, like at, at one point, like, you know, can we fault them? But a part of me is like, you know, how, right. like, how do you deal with those things when a parent isn't willing to consider those things to make a relationship work or to problem solve or, or be mature or things like that. And a part of me, I read them like, but these are parents. They should be able to do these things. And sometimes they don't. Right. And if you experience crazy, yeah. And if they experience yeah. a certain type of relationship yeah. that they didn't like, if you don't know what to do, just don't yeah. do that. <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I hear a lot of guys, you know, that are fathers and they like, you know, I, my dad wasn't around and I just don't know how to be that because my dad wasn't around, but don't do the same right. thing that your dad right. did to you. The best thing you can do if you don't know what to do is be mm-hmm. there. And that's what I learned, yeah. like dealing with youth and stuff in a youth ministry and you speak to kids. People don't realize how important yeah. it is to have a father mm-hmm. in a household, even that in a household, just a presence mm-hmm. of a father. Like uh, I seen like I would say like the celebrity offset or whatever. He's been going through a lot in his lifetime. You know, he cheats on his wife. That's oh, another Lord story. <laughs> but, you know, his he had a, a, a huge, a bad mm-hmm. criminal background. And just, like, a lot of stuff going on with his life. And you could tell, like, when he talked about his dad, you know, I haven't seen my dad in mm. 25 years. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I was, like, now I'm in a place where I'm financially okay. I can help him out. And, you know... Like, a lot of stuff I feel will be okay if yeah. I had a relationship with yeah. my father. And this coming from somebody who yeah. has millions of dollars, who's in a multi-platinum group, who's yearning yeah. from love from yeah. his dad. That apparently You know, so, so it's like, and just him talking yeah. to his father, you know what I'm saying? Just him having that meeting with his father. Not saying that it changed him completely, but you could see a difference. Yeah. You can see the child in him, like, arise like yeah. I have my that, dad. That parent, those parenting relationships, I feel like is just such a vital structure to our overall self-esteem, you know, who we are, you know, as a person. And if there's holes in that, and, and I think too, it's not even that these people have to be perfect. Like you said, they have to just be there. Even, even one of my coworkers, she talks about, you know, when she, you know, yells at her, her kids or say the wrong thing, she makes sure to go back and say, you know what, M- mommy's sorry. She was very upset and she shouldn't have yelled at you. You know what I'm saying? And a part of it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not about, mm-hmm. you know, making the mistake. I think it's going back and showing your child ways to amend and acknowledge their feelings and acknowledge where you, where you want to do better as a person. I feel like those things speak so much volume um, in just in relationships and building up kids' self-esteem. Because I feel like sometimes because of the brokenness within my parental relationships, that has impacted how I see myself. So now I got to build up my own, you know, self-esteem a little bit. Yeah. And I, right. and I talk to my dad. So my dad was in the military. I don't really know how him my mom met. Um, but by the time, yeah, by the oh, time really? I came around, he was already <laughs> discharged. Um, he um, got injured. So he was a, a disabled vet um, and suffered from a lot of uh, PTSD and uh, alcoholism. So he drank a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And from, you know, the stories I've heard, he was very, like, verbally, you know, abusive and things like that in the home and just other things that, you know, I mean, I don't really recall all the history, but I know my sister has some recordings of him, like, yelling and screaming, things like that. Um, I know him and my mom, not to disclose too much, but, um, you know, I remember one memory there that they were fighting, you know, at one point. And so witnessing those things and then, Uh like, you know, from there, like, I remember, I think seven or eight, or eight years old, you know, my dad was no longer in my life. And so all I really had was like the memories of people like told me about just how violent he was and how terrible he was and things of that nature and things that he'd done to people. And it, it was just, that's a very hurtful reality. And, and living my whole life, like, oh my God, my dad was this terrible person. And then, you know, at, at high school, you know, my mom brought him back into our life. I didn't come out you know, and met him. He's also a pastor. <laughs> he's also a pastor. So, uh, and he, he just was a different person. And honestly, the time he came back into my life, it was a time where I was growing because I was raised so like strictly to the church. And, but at that time I was like, at the, the, the young adult phase where I'm like, oh, well, I want to be pretty and cute and date and who am I and how do I do this? And, you know, and uh-huh. it came into my life, he gave me permission. Like, he was like, you know, why are you looking like you're in sackcloth and ashes? <laughs> like, if you want to, you know, if you want to go out and like, like live life, life, like, you know, figure things out. Even when I moved to D.C., you know, and again, there's certain things that Adora doesn't talk to her father about, but it was still like go out like get out your system now like have fun find who you are find your style find your fashion figure you know do these things now so when you're older you know you have a sense of who you are get married and have kids like you're not trying to then find yourself and be that 50 year old up up in a club you know because you didn't have that you know right he gave me so much freedom and I, I felt like a judgment lifted off of me you know to go and find and, and so I said uh-huh. to say you know parents don't have a lot of history but I just feel like they help give us permission to find ourselves and evolve and grow and be a sounding board because girl there's so much time that I want to to quit school <laughs> and you know what I'm saying he was there to, girl I can <laughs> you know, imagine to be able to you know talk me through some things and so um I mean I think with with him our relationship, you know, we're we're pretty good right now, um, but of course, there's also that kind of weird dynamic because there's things from the past that I don't recall that all my other siblings recall, and it's just kind of like, oh, how can you still talk to him when you when he did all of this? And it's just like, oh, oh, but I didn't bring him back into my life, and I don't remember all this history. And this is not that that person isn't who is right here right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm meeting an evolved right person so i think with our relationship it is kind of um it's kind of weird because i feel like if i get too close then my family's gonna get upset with me <laughs> you know and if i and if i don't engage in a relationship but yeah and i hate yeah. that because that's your dad like you have to build a relationship yeah with your dad that's comforting yeah. to you that's pleasing to you that works for you too like right. they don't have to deal with that and if they don't understand yeah. that that's and, but really I think whatever business. the dynamics and histories from the past is that they feel like oh you, like this happened but again I yeah I get that but if you choose to forgive yeah. like you said you don't know and just with the history of, of other things you, you don't know but if you're choosing to forgive them why be upset with you that's your choice and yeah, and I feel like with my mom, so, I I want a relationship with her, but it's difficult to have a relationship because I feel like with my family, it's either like their way or the highway kind of thing. And I, I'm trying to remember we talked about yeah. last time where it's almost like sometimes parents have to like respect the boundaries when of their adult child. You know what I'm saying? Like even if you don't fully like Girl. agree, it doesn't mean. <laughs> you, and 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 the, and the thing is, it's not even like anything bizarre more of like if we're in a conversation and you know I'm saying something that might be opposite of the opinion then it's like what you know and then it's almost like this this tension you know an argument and it's just kind of like you know right. why can't I have my own free thought and respect it for that you know and for I, I, I'm not a parent yet but I'm understanding it's so important to allow your child to be their own person, especially as an adult. I'm about to be 30, <laughs> you know, like, right. 
But you know what I'm saying? Allow your child to express itself, but just right. not be disrespectful right. in expressing mm-hmm. yourself. Because, like, my mom, them, they all grow up in the old school. I bet mm-hmm. Jamaica's probably very similar to here yes. with older parents. It's like, do as I say mm-hmm. and not as I do. So if I tell you to do something, you need to do it. And a lot of times they can't accept the fact that you're like grown. Because I even have to tell my mother yeah. now, I'm 40. And I still have to tell her like, um, I'm an <laughs> old woman. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Doing for myself or whatever. She's like, but yeah. I'm, I'm still your mother. I'm your mother yeah. to the day I'm gone. Like, like, you know, I'm like, I, I get it, but we it's know, like, we know. <laughs> right, but yes, I'm still yes. grown. And, and I, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Some of my favorite shows growing up as a kid were The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Family Matters. Now, aside from them being both classic sitcoms and hilarious, both shows centered around families that I wish I could have been a part of. See, neither the Banks nor the Winslows were perfect. They each had their fair share of problems, and they argued, but they always seemed to settle their disagreements by sitting down, talking to each other, and coming up with solutions that benefit all the people involved. My family is not like the sitcoms. Growing up in my house was like, was like waking up every day in a minefield. We had to be cautious and walk carefully around our issues or everything would start to explode. My family has a basement full of damaged memories and closets overflowing with empty liquor bottles, echoing secrets. I've heard whispers of cheating husbands and abortions, but they always seem to get swept under the rug. And I suppose this is how I learned to be a hoarder. How I was taught to gather all this hurt, but still keep it hidden from everyone. My family says not every story belongs on a stage. Says the narrative we give should only focus on the good moments. When I broke character and tried to overdose, they closed the curtain. When I wrote poems about being abused, they tried to cut my mic off. When I told my story anyways, my father said I needed to act right. And my father, such a bold character, is he that walking demolition? I still don't know if he is a proud man filled with stubborn and anger or a troubled boy who buries his fear in the palm of his hands. I've watched him as he bulldozes his fear, his fist through every hallway of every house. And I hold the days when I can tell myself, at least it's not my mother this time. At least he never got to me. And I can only hope that the holes in the wall will serve as some type of metaphor for all the pain trying to escape but mommy doesn't like a messy home so we hang picture frames all over the house and say look at how happy we are in the photo don't pick it up it looks perfect exactly where it is and despite all the destruction behind us we just keep smiling we keep silent we just keep cleaning up the mess and pretending this is normal we hide it all All the pain, all the secrets, all the tears, all the fighting, all the bruises. My family is not sitcom material, but we do know how to play our parts. We memorize our lines. We stay in character. We stick to the script and never expose what happens behind the scenes. I used to want a family like the ones I saw on TV. I wanted to be happy like the Banks or the Winslows. And then I realized it's just a TV show. But maybe, maybe my family is like theirs. They're all actors. Just like us. So, and I was going to say, no, you know, go ahead. You therapy is for allowing your child to fall, your adult child to fall, to get up and not be like, I told you so, but just be there to say, hey, yeah, like, oh, yeah. what's next, you know, or just be there as a sounding board and not being, you know, kind of that like, mm-hmm, you see, I told you, you know, or just simply not talking to them because you just don't want to, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm learning that too. Even in, in any friendship or relationship, sometimes mm-hmm. you don't need to hear I told you so. Sometimes you yeah. just need to vent, get yeah. it off, and just let it be, and let that person go through what they're going through. Cause right. don't nobody want to hear that all the time. Cause in the uh, in the sense, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're gonna yeah. do what you want. <laughs> Especially and, but, if your mind is already made up. I think for me, being raised in this strict, you know, Christian idea, and and again, I think being raised in a strict Christian church. Plus, I'm a very Type A person, and I'm gold. You mm-hmm. tell me to do something, I want to do it to the T. <laughs> you know, like I have that. <laughs> Yes, you do. So I think having that personality (laughs) as well, like I didn't want to do anything wrong. I wanted to follow all the rules. I wanted to please God to the best of my ability. I wanted to be, you know, that biblical woman and do all this stuff. And then as I got older, I realized, you know, life is full of mistakes. Even if you 
want to never make a mistake. Mistakes are a part of growing and a part of being and a part of like you can't live an authentic life if there is not mistakes and I think as as parents and I'm right as I'm like objectively watching other parents like being able to say you know how can I still show love as a parent allow my child to make these mistakes that will allow them to grow and it doesn't and some of the mistakes doesn't have to be mm-hmm. devastating you know think it's just more of like okay I need, I need to trip up right fall on my face <laughs> And then realize, oh, I'm not going to walk over there anymore. Or that's something I can't handle. Sometimes people have to go through their experiences and know that their parents still love and care for them regardless of what, whatever that is, you know? So. And, and also I feel I, I mm-hmm. want to encourage parents too, that when you have multiple kids, mm-hmm. don't pick a favorite. And I know a lot of parents feel like they don't have a favorite child. <laughs> But you do. <laughs> you have that one kid that no matter what they say and do, you look over it and you give the other ones a hard time. And then you, you know, and all your kids, like, just mm-hmm. like the love languages are important. Yeah. You have to love each individual yeah. child differently. You cannot try to do what you would do for Destiny right. and try to do it for Antasia. Because Antasia doesn't receive mm-hmm. love the way that I do. So it's like, you know, as a parent, be mindful mm-hmm. of that with your kids because yeah. you have picks and let my brother tell it he feel like really? I'm the pick <laughs> of my parents but yes yeah. but I feel like he's the pick especially with my mom so it was like that's why I used to always yeah. try to do so much stuff because I just want all of her attention but when it came to my brother it was like her, her, her know, boy yeah that's her he boy he gets all <laughs> the, her attention right so you know I didn't like that I'm very I'm very territorial over my parents and especially my father like I love my I love my mother thinks that I love my dad more than her but you're a you're a daddy's girl (laughs) but I I don't feel yes I don't feel like I do but I I am very protective over him like I don't you can't say anything to him like I'm on defense mode I'm ready to beat you up like <laughs> whatever like I don't play when it comes with my my father I don't play when it comes with my mother either, but I just feel like I just have a different relationship with them both I don't feel like I love mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. more than the other but yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I yeah. guess it's just and different with, in my family my mom had eight kids and took in two so that's like ten kids you know that's that's a lot and that's not yeah. enough time like you can't right, even focus right. on your, yourself yeah like, cause she yeah. probably needs me and it's, and it's tough Right. And you and got all these kids. And we, we didn't all live in the same house at the same time, luckily. <laughs> but most of the time, mm-hmm. my mom was a single mom, you know, trying to manage all of that. And so I definitely take my hat off to her, <laughs> you know, for all. Because, I mean, even, even though there's <laughs> things that I definitely want to improve with my mother during a relationship, you know, the things that she has given to me is just so important and so still a part of my life. Where I'm just like, well, I'm happy she, you know, connected us with the church. I'm happy, you know. And I remember when I, I don't want to be TMI, but I remember when I first, you know, blossomed and started my womanly stuff. <laughs> you know, my, my, my mom wasn't sure. <laughs> I, 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 Girl, I don't know how twisted I You can't be. say. Look, you how long you been knowing? No, you know how long you okay, been knowing me. I don't, don't want you know, to too much. PG thirteen okay. so all the time. I was, I was really young. I was like <laughs> fifth grade, elementary school. What ten years old? Started my menstrual cycle. My mom gave me a pad that morning. I was like, "What is this?" You know. But you know, she called the nurse that you know because she had to. And if she wasn't always like educated on that stuff, you know. But she called the nurse that day, and the nurse Tom mm-hmm. brought me, sat me down, and gave me books, and you know, she didn't go into deep talk or details but you know she gave me books to read and from there like I now I when I have a question about like my what my, my being a woman and the changes by like I research I read I figure out things and so that's how I you know learn and I'm glad my mom if she didn't know she you know got the information from somebody else you know to help out and so there's there are things my mom definitely did add because I'm thinking like there's that's a lot of kids trying to juggle and try to be there for each of them, but again as a child it's that thing right like, well, but I, I think figuring out how to have that balance of accepting that piece, but then knowing that not not devaluing my perspective either, and and figuring out how to make amends with these two perspectives, you know, understanding but hey I still have a need that was right and, and what do I do with this, you know. 
Mm, I'm glad your story was like that because my little period <laughs> story was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just okay. So I'm in the fourth grade and I had just, I used to wet the bed like really, really bad or whatnot. And I just had stopped wetting the bed and I oh, thought I no. was pooping on myself. Right. Because it, right. it wasn't red, it was like a brownish. You know how when you first like, started, it's like this? red. So it was like a brown. <laughs> so, at, right. And I was feeling my stomach hurting and all this and that. But I was right. thinking that my stomach is hurt. And I'm like crampy and all this stuff. So one day I talked to my grandmother. I was like, hey, mom. I was like, I got to ask you a question. I said, I keep um, <laughs> boo booing on myself, but I don't remember going to the bathroom. She was like, well, did you wipe your butt out good? I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, she said, well, take your yeah. underwear off and let me see your underwear. So I guess you yeah, wanted to see yeah. if it was. <laughs> My period, so I took my underwear and showed her. She was like, "Oh, D." Yeah. She's like, "You on your period?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, was so, I was so mad. Then I was like, "Cause I just right, didn't, right. I never I didn't really, really knew what it was. Like I wasn't when I yeah. growing up. I didn't know nothing. Like I did not know how you got boobs. Like my mother, yeah. they didn't teach us sexual yeah. education. But on, at on fourth grade, system. At fourth you had to learn. Grade, though they're not it in really school. teaching that. But that's the time that young girls get it yeah but that should be our starting yeah a lot of i mean yes some yeah, girls got school, it when they were like 14 15 but yeah. a lot of girls are yeah. in elementary school and they have their cycle so you know and then like the next week later was so funny the yeah. cosby show rudy had her cycle and i was like oh that's so yeah. cute but you know as an adult i thought it was cute but at the time i'm like dang I, yeah i'm thinking i'm pooping on myself <laughs> Oh, but I'm really God. like having yeah, a cycle, like, which is like crazy. The night before, you know, my cycle started, my back was hurting because at the time we were living in Jersey and we we're still getting our furniture. So me and my younger, it was three of my Jahari and mm-hmm. Zuri at the time. So three of them, my mom ended up being pregnant with Kyrie there. So it was the four of us at that time. Sleeping on the floor, waiting for furniture to come and have blankets and stuff. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like the floor is hurting my back. It was hurting so bad. If it was breaking, girl, like my back was just—I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and then, the, and then the next morning, I woke up. I'm like, Oh, oh my, my god, mommy, what is? This? And she's like, Oh, here, put put this on. And I'm like, What is it? Put it on. And I and then I was like, I'm gonna sign. I'm wearing a diaper. <laughs> I was more concerned about girl. like a diaper. <laughs> oh lord. But but right. I mean, like parents do whatever like you know <laughs> they don't yeah yeah that they know yeah, yeah. that's all they can <laughs> do. So my last and a final question I have like um we already gave like the history of our relationship with our parents and stuff and just knowing their flaws our flaws and ways that they could be better as parents. Do you ever feel that telling them that they are a bad parent? Do you feel like? Is that ever okay? Because I know sometimes as parents, I'm not a parent, but I just, just conversations that I've had with parents and with my parents, like they felt like, yeah, you know, they done all that they could. Yeah. And they did the best that they could. And for you to say, I wasn't a good parent. Yeah. It's like a slap in the face, but it's not like, but you have to understand too, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I'm not always a good child. So when I'm not doing the right, right things, you come to me, you say stuff to me mm-hmm. and challenge me on stuff that I'm not doing right. But when you right. don't do something right, you don't want to be called out on it. You don't want to mm-hmm. know that, oh, well, if you were supervising me right, this wouldn't happen. Right, or if you right. Taking this, some of the ownership. This wouldn't happen. I, you know. I, I mean, I'm not a parent. And I think yeah. because I'm not a parent and there's so much things that go into parenthood and there's there's no handbook. I see my mom or somebody would say, there's no handbook for life. People are just kind of figuring out as they go. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. have the conversation <laughs> of, uh, surrounding, you know, you're a bad parent. That, that wouldn't be my angle. It, it would be like, these are my experiences and how can, mm-hmm. and I understand, because again, for me, I feel like there were things, the decisions that my mom made because she felt those were decisions that she had to make at the moment. And then of course, all her struggles, having kids, you know, having eight kids, you know, mostly being a single mom, the, you know, during, during that time, there's just things, you know, there's sometimes like we had to raise each other. And sometimes I felt like that took away from 
you know, me as a kid being able to do what I wanted to do and figure out myself or there's moments that I wanted to. Cause I remember one time I started bat- ballet girl. You know, I like to do my little, like, you know, lyrical dancing. I love my ballet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm after a while. So I went to maybe three, you know, sessions or so, three or four, and it broke my heart, you know, but so I, I, I wanted start a conversation of you're you failed you're a bad parent but this is my experience this is what I went through and this is how this is this is how this is how I felt even right. though the, even though you did all of this, this is how I felt you know acknowledge you know acknowledging and a parent owning like wow like but this is what I was doing while you were doing that and kind of I think more of a conversation to just enlighten each other to each other's paths and perspective and say okay well from now that now that things are different how can we move forward and maybe meet some of those miss needs now um that's how i mostly see the conversation because again like mm-hmm. there's no handbook but it takes i think i think it does take an evolved right <laughs> to even get to that place to say oh let me hear you out because you know when some some cult like in our cult like i feel like nah i ain't hearing you out <laughs> I, I did what i had to do that's it and i think that's where it makes a, a relationship like to mend a relationship difficult when a parent doesn't want to respect the adult, their adult child as an adult and that they have feelings um, and that their feelings need to be heard and validated. Uh-huh. Not saying they have to say, I'm sorry. For me, like, I don't want my mom to say that she's sorry. You say, you know, wow, I didn't know that that's how you felt or I didn't realize that that's how that impacted you. Because, like, again, with my mom, sometimes she paid attention to family in Jamaica and, and, and putting investments into them and bringing them here and it was like oh well I had this thing that I needed money for for school and you said you didn't have it but you helped this other family person you know come up you know you added to their funds to come to America you know and it's like but I needed this this fund for this Mm. you know and you weren't able to give that to me you know and it's like this is how yes your focus and your value was that because you felt their struggle was more and deeper I can I can definitely try to understand that but this is how that impacted me and I need you to hear that and see that you know yeah I notice that a lot with um family members that come here like a lot of times Mm -hmm. you know people like myself I didn't understand it Mm -hmm. and like my ex-husband like he's Jamaican and when he came Mm -hmm. here he was like you know he left all his stuff in Jamaica and he was like and he know his cousins is going to take his things and I was like why would they take your stuff when they would just send it to you he was like oh because now that I'm in America you know what I'm saying they're right. going um, <laughs> feel like I'm better off than them and that I don't need it and I know a lot of times like you know they they ask mm-hmm. for because they feel like you're better off than them mm-hmm. they're continuously asking for money and you feel obligated to help because you want a better future for your family and if you yeah. can bring everybody here so they can have a better a life you would that you comes would do, the cost do that but you know, <laughs> you know if, if that's if that's I don't your main very focus, much so and then you have children that you you know brought into the world that need just as much attention <laughs> you know right and yes. you don't yes. have they have to find a balance like I just think when I become a, a parent like I, I have to find a balance with you know, I know I'm not going to dot every I and cross every T. I yeah. know I'm not going to be yeah. perfect because I'm not perfect. But yeah. I will try to find balance for my work life, my family mm-hmm. life, and and my kids. Like invest in my kids and make sure they okay. Because at the end of the day, when it all falls down, that yeah. family member you help in right. your right. they gonna right. help you. Your kids gonna be there. They're gonna mm-hmm. be the one putting the money together, pay your hospital yeah. bill, and pay for a nurse to yeah. come to the house and change your butt. Yeah. And <laughs> you when you're in the hospital and all that. You ain't gonna see them sisters and all that stuff. And I'm experiencing that with just the loss I've been receiving in my life and just family and friends who are going through similar, you know, losses that at the mm-hmm. end of the day, yeah, the kids are around. Yeah. And they're there to, to clean up everything and mm-hmm. get everything together. Yeah, so you gotta learn how to balance that out. Kids. Yeah. Um but I think yeah. one of the points that we had on a blast and that was very important that even though, because I think you had brought that question last time about mm-hmm. Mayweather's daughter and the choice that she's made and whether or not, you know, we, we should like blame yeah. the father for her behavior. And I thought that was so, that was a good, that was a good part mm-hmm. because no matter where our background is, we had discussed like, you know, a child can be raised in a great home, get all the support. And they they grow up and they wig out and become somebody completely different. <laughs> they can be from 
Yeah. <laughs> or they can yeah, I watch home, it on first 48 all up, the time. You know, growing and being that supportive, <laughs> loving child. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, the point that we said from that is like, yeah. you know, we can't, we have to come of an age where we don't blame our, our parents for our decisions that we make throughout our life and realize, you know, as an adult, now we have a chance to create our path and make decisions make choices to have the life that we didn't like we didn't have or our parents didn't have the opportunity you know what i'm saying like so you know say if you always wanted to go out to the movies every friday with your right but you couldn't do that now you're an adult make that up go out or hang out with your you know build those relationships or being around people that are like-minded to uplift you like now as adults we still have to take that responsibility to grow to heal and be well you know and we can't blame our parents for everything even though they might have a hand in things we can't blame them right <laughs> right <laughs> because yep. so it, you it becomes you know right mm. from wrong you know right from wrong from the age of two when you you start understanding from two mm-hmm. years old yeah. somebody <laughs> got a certain tone and yeah. they say yeah. something to yeah. you know <laughs> oh you in trouble or whatever so it's like okay now i'm 21 and that was um something too i'm glad you brought that um scenario up because you know, you do as you, all yeah. you can as a parent, but then a child becomes an adult, and people still want you to be responsible for this adult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, she's twenty one. I've did my. Not saying that you yeah. can't continue to try to encourage the kids or say something soon when they're wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Say if they if they're still but making it's like, what can, choices what that they want to make, you know, and and <laughs> <laughs> right, and then they're gonna be on first forty eight. <laughs> talk about it was a mistake like I be looking like some of these kids they glorify the, this hood life and like crime and all yeah. this stuff and they grew up in the, in the suburb somewhere your parents got a good mm-hmm. job and now like, you what, going, to, what going to jail for murder <laughs> yeah so and I mean just right. you know, finding our own healing finding our own space to grow in and to live that life and, and that's why um, I really enjoy being an adult <laughs> I enjoy being able to make my own path, decide what I want to eat, where I want to go, how I want to live, you know, because, you know, you know, in, in mama house, you know, there's certain chairs right. that nobody can sit on, right? <laughs> so now, in my, right, yeah, a whole living room. Girl, yeah, a, a whole, whole living, living room. room. Not, not a certain chair, it's a Don't whole living room <laughs> that you can look and see. Like, my mom, oh, my God. My mom is such a neat yeah. freak and so clean and stuff like that. She would know if we sat on her couch. Yeah. I don't care if we put the somebody's the pillow back exactly. She like who's in my living room? I'm like, how do you know we was Because I know y'all didn't oh, text that. No, I guess I'm like, why y'all have right, a whole right, that... room that can't nobody go in? The only people that can go there is the, uh, the insurance person because you know they used to come oh, to your house. Love. So you got this little room, right? They got this room that they come yeah. there and they have them in there. Hey, how you yeah. doing? You know, they got that light <laughs> voice on, change their voice and everything. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm like, hey, now you better not go in that room. Girl. Yeah. But you know, I'm even still thinking of having a room like that. Right, right. Or but if, I would say kids can't go in there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I would have like my adults. Yeah, like it would be something like mm-hmm. I want something kind of like a room, like for the holidays. Yeah, like adults, we can go in there, have a little mixer. Yeah. You know, have our drinks and be talking, or have some girl time by the fireplace or something. But yeah, then you know, yeah. like holidays, that's like the room everybody go into. And a family I still would have a, a den or, or, or the, the only something. time the kids in there is if they're waiting. Yes, yeah, a know, family room, of course. The, they're all dressed and ready for church. And it's like, all right, y'all just sit there. Don't move. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. No food, no nothing. <laughs> oh, girl. No, and, girl. And so I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I, if, if the Lord bless me yeah. to get a, a home to the extent hey, that I'm no, able I, to I, do I, that. I remember my mom to I'm G, doing that for sure. used to have this particular type of, type of juice in the fridge. She didn't want nobody touching. So I'm like, now nah, I can buy whatever juice I want to buy. <laughs> and I can drink that juice. <laughs> <laughs> right. And drink it all if I want. Drink it. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. My mom, girl, used to hide yeah. everything under her bed. We found out like later <laughs> on, she would have boxes of stereo. She'd be hiding from us. Yeah. But she was like, Y'all only yeah. gonna get one box at a time. <laughs> you don't need to open up four or five different boxes, girl. I open up uh-huh. right now. I've got I'll like three or four my, boxes. My mom, she progressed. <laughs> She's like, This is my fridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, 
Lord. Yeah, I'm like, hold on. Girl, give me some of them oxtail, girl. I know she has some oxtail in there. I mean, there are some funny, (laughs) funny memories there. Yeah. Yeah. It always is. It always is. I can't can't even front. (laughs) Well, Miss Antasia, I appreciate this yeah, conversation like, and it was actually and, and better this time talk about like a couple of different <laughs> things than we did like last time so it was this was nice it was nice nice mm-hmm. one yeah. oh yeah i wanted to try to bring it i'm getting a little more comfortable with you know it being mm-hmm. even i even got a couple of episodes now you, with you have enough personality talking, so i hope i don't bore <laughs> nobody but you know like i said no, that's a good Girl. thing. <laughs> that's just sad, but anyway. I mean, it is, but it's like the, the point that you really—it's like you talking to yourself. Girl, I have to make my little audience or whatever when I'm in oh, here, yes. do my little rants and my venting or whatnot. But so, is there any like advice you want to give to my audience, those who are struggling with a relationship with their mom or with their dad? Like, what would you give far as advice to them and ways of coping? dealing with um, um, books to I'll read say, you know if you're having therapy, trouble therapy, therapy you know I don't have any books sorry but <laughs> but I would say like just giving yourself a, a moment <laughs> to process through whatever your stuff is find your own healing you know and then like we said like we were saying like you know as adults we have to take responsibility you know for our life and we can't you know yes there are some things that our parents could have should have would have blah 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 all that stuff and that's valid you know but realizing like at, at some point we got to take mm-hmm. ownership and we got to make change we got to find our healing you know so find ways to love on ourselves to care for ourselves I'm, re- I'm a big proponent of self-love and self-care you know that girl like <laughs> I'm big on running. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You need to share some of that to me. Because I, if I've had that, I know a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially with what I'm going through right now. The grief that I deal with. If I just had <laughs> some of the energy that you have. And it's like, I know. It'll keep going. But the thing yeah. is, I know once I get started, I will continue. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's just getting started. And by this pandemic going on, and just like, you know, it's nothing to do. And I'm glad Mr. Dean, he brought up something. He was like, yeah, you know what? You know, after lane from oh, here to the house, wow, it's about yeah. two mile walk. If you walk from here to there and back. Look at the nature. You know, and I'm like, well, I don't yeah, have headphones. So what's your excuse? Go buy, buy yeah. you some headphones, girl. My issue, I, lo- I don't yeah. like dogs. And that's that's the reason why I don't like to walk around here. Cause yeah. You yeah. do see dogs, but not like that. But you do but, see them. So, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I just pray and I'll go out there and then you know, hopefully people got their dog on a leash. Or right, I've yeah. never really seen somebody not control the dog up <laughs> in our neighbor, but I ain't gonna go there. Yeah, but um, you know, but like yeah, real big, people, huge dogs. You know, I have managed, but I, like I would that. say like I'm such a so, I'm an extrovert, and even going outside and seeing like you know kids ride their bike and skating, and you know parents guard like you know a, a woman gardening, <laughs> and you know the kids like you know laying out and having fun, like just running by them, like that gives me energy. Saying hi to the kids, saying hi to the neighbors, mm-hmm. and, you know, like that. That just fills me up with so much life. Seeing the trees, <laughs> hearing the birds, like I just I don't know what that does for me, but that gives me so much life. And I just feel so I'll be posting all them pictures. <laughs> yes, it does. Cause I'm like, oh uh, girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm like not I would have that's what I struggle with, like yeah. really talking about. But, but, but even just say hi. Really Wanna know nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you because wanna knock on my door asking for stuff? See, I grew up in the project, so you start talking to your neighbors <laughs> then before you know it. Oh, can I buy some bread? Y'all got like, some up. ketchup over here. You got grapes. Like, it's uh-uh, like uh-uh, don't uh-uh, boundaries. You want everything um, in my refrigerator. Yeah, uh-uh. Whatever works for you, like finding right. what, whatever brings you joy, fills your cup, as they would say, like seek it out and realize because whether it's like a parent relationship, you know, friendship relationship or intimate relationship, we have to have a sense of ourselves you know, in a sense of independence before we can, and healing before we can really grow and evolve in those relationships. So, you know, for me, I like to run. I like to do some like stretching and yoga. I do fitness um, videos, you know, and I'm a person like, you know, and Destiny know, like if I need to cry, I'm gonna cry. Like, I'm not gonna hold it back. My face is gonna look ugly. I'm gonna cry. (laughs) Tissue, snot, whatever I need to do to release. (laughs) 
that emotion, I'm gonna do it, you know, <laughs> um, because I feel like, you know, when we, when we, when right. we try to hide those things, we, we stuff it, you know, and that's not healthy. And though, and then those emotions begin to play yeah. out subconsciously in our lives and we begin to make unhealthy decisions for ourselves, you know, because really we don't want to confront uncomfortable feelings, you know, um, talking out again, talking out whether it's with a therapist or a friend about you know what what you're going through and be being willing to take feedback you know when people want to check you or challenge some of those maybe um you know um mm-hmm. realistic ideas you know or if somebody want to help you see okay well even in our conversation today you know I feel like this has been helpful to say you know yeah my my mom went through a lot and being able to emp- not saying not excusing things but being able to empathize with her you know, situation and, and build perspective. You know, I think about like what parents or what individuals I might have gone through and it's being open to that. Um, and then just finding your own space, you know, like whether it's groups or, you know, that you can be involved in to, to, fill the, to fill your cup up, whether it's a church family, whether it's a sorority fraternity, whether it's going on the meetup app and finding a hiking group or uh-huh. sewing group and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yes, you be so you like, hey, look, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm still like finding, you know, more of those like friendships, especially like I'm here in Virginia too. So like finding, you know, new friendships that I can connect with on a deep level, not just like, hey, girl, bye, girl, you know, for you know level, you know, and and as adult, it is kind of harder to to find friends. I feel because everybody's kind of you know set in their friendships, but you know, just giving yourself permission to. Just, just be and be happy. <laughs> yeah. So those are my tasks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. There y'all have it, Miss Angela <laughs> yeah. and her jewels, her jewel, her gems <laughs> that she dropping. <laughs> snorting all right so once you again, welcome <laughs> i thank you girl i know you always do that yeah, i thank no you problem. for taking the time out for yeah to record for my podcast are, are, are you gonna have like a, um, a special intro yeah <laughs> like a song i don't know like well yeah i do or... i normally like uh talk and stuff Oh, okay, okay. You're right, you're right, you're right. You right. gotta so stick I'm, around, I'm, I'm like I said. <laughs> okay. I'm doing okay. a little edit and stuff, so you can just All check right. it out. <laughs> you're welcome. Best of luck to you. All right. Hope to so see you soon, thanks girl. Thanks again. I need, I, need, I need you guys to come visit. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> we need a FaceTime or something. Zoom party. <laughs> we need to do a Zoom party. And girl, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do something. You too. Have a good night. All right, boo. You have a good day.
told my mom how my day went. She said if they were laughing, you don't need them because they're not good friends. For the next six hours, I tried to explain to my mom that I was going to have to go through this about 200 more times. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new porch but they mind mm, well of course not i'll just take it for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends i'll just cruise it around the neighborhood well maybe i should yeah of course i should pay attention here's the thick of the plot i pulled up to the corner at the end of my block and that's when i saw this beautiful girly girl walking i picked up my car phone to perpetrate like i was talking <laughs> Girl's bodily dimensions, I honk my horn just to get her attention. She said, Was that for me? I said, Yeah. She said, Why? I said, Come on and take a ride with the hell of a guy. She said, How do I know you're not sick? You could be some deranged lunatic. I said, Come on, Tuts. My name is the Prince. Besides, what a lunatic have a Porsche like this. She agreed and we were on our way. She was looking very good, so was I. Onto the floor, she said, Drive fast, speed turns me on. She put her hand on my knee, I put my foot on the gas. We almost got whiplash, I took off so fast. The sunroof was open, the music was high, and this girl's hand was steadily moving up my thigh. She had opened up three buttons on her shirt so far. I guess that's why I didn't notice that police car. We're doing 90 in my mom's new Porsche, and to make this long story short, short, when the cop pulled me over, I was scared as hell. Just don't understand. 